0: the time delivers. Perfectly downfield. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. They catch it. He's it!
2: Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, once again joined by Sean Siegel. Sean, our first show off the week covered uh, a lot of ground, some fun topics in there, hopefully the listeners enjoyed that one. Uh, how has the, the rest of the week been going for you?
1: It's been good, and... We continue to look at the things in the wider world, but continue to try and offer a little bit of an escape. We're going to talk about some more dynasty trade candidates today. Talk about some of our favorite guys to be loading up on during this little bit of a quiet time of the off season and. Perhaps also look at some under-the-radar players, some people who could have a little bit more value, perhaps, than people are thinking, some people who were involved in some more minor moves. So should be a fun show here to talk about uh, some of our favorite guys, some of our favorite sleepers for 2020.
2: Yeah, I think so. And we're we're going to talk, obviously, as you mentioned there, uh, about a couple of good pieces. One of them, uh, looking uh, with uh, Curtis Patrick, who, you know, when it comes to Dynasty, is a guy that you need to be jumping in, reading all that great content that he has we'll be looking at one of his pieces in just a minute as i mentioned it is up on the site and as always to start the show and let you know about your opportunity to get a 10 percent discount to a rotavis nfl pass as a loyal podcast listener it's available through the nfl podcast homepage, page forward slash podcast get ready for the draft and the nfl season best ball content is up there and lots of different ways that we've been talking about on the recent shows and of course the best ball workshop and those drafts are going off very regularly as well especially over at our friends at the FFPC. So you can get yourself 10% discount, get amazing value, support the podcast network, gain access to all of that content and all of the tools. Once again that is rodeoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sean i mentioned his curtis's piece up on the site. it's 2020 uh dynasty trade targets and he talks in this one about last year's 101 uh, at the rookie uh, and when you look back at those rookie drafts there's there's a couple of changes that obviously you would make if you could make and um, one of the ones that his situation has just changed entirely uh is <laughs> and keel harry um obviously this time last year he was going to New England, Tom Brady was his quarterback, uh, everything was looking pretty good for him going in there, you know, uh, what What has changed? Well, there's a new quarterback, uh, probably going to be Jared Stidham, let's see what happens there, um, but things have changed dramatically. Um, Curtis talks about some of the reasons that we might want to acquire him and there's a lot of different reasons obviously to look at him, you know, Curtis has been doing a lot of trades as well, um, you know, up on Twitter kind of polls to see who you would take out of certain players. Now, we've talked about these on on recent shows as well but in this one i just want to get your opinion that the offer for the trade was the 109 as a 2020 rookie pick or in keel harry um now the results for the listeners who haven't seen the poll already it was 71 percent in terms of that 109 pick versus a player who obviously was going in the top three picks last year a lot of times at the 101 would you be taking that 109 or would you be uh, going for in Keel Harry, you know, I think 109 is very, very low. But the, the obviously the the results taken in almost 2,000 people uh, are heavily skewed towards the 109 pick.
1: This is an interesting one, and certainly Curtis and I were very, very high on Harry going into last season, and I think still have a little bit of that interest in him. Uh, we talked before on the show about the winners and losers and sleepers from free agency. And Harry was specifically one of my sleepers as a guy where if, if Tom Brady had returned and the Patriots were going to make one more run with that, certainly you would expect Julian Edelman, perhaps Mohamed Sanu to be the main guys in the offense. They have that rapport established there. Edelman is the focal point brady obviously frustrated with harry at least to an extent right not necessarily coming out and saying this guy is a bad player but wanting more weapons not necessarily getting a chance to work with him a ton and one of the things that curtis has mentioned in his article is that by contrast harry and uh jarrett stidham had a chance to work together last year they've been talking uh during the offseason, season they get together and work out some here even with the stay-at-home orders that are in place. And so, uh, very different from a chemistry perspective, and also I think very different in terms of how this offense is going to be constructed, right? When you look at Harry and you take away this rookie season that really was damaged by an Ill- inability to practice at key times during uh, the preseason, and then certainly just missing this big chunk with injury. And I mean, he's simply far better than the guys who are coming out this year. I think perhaps with the exception of C.D. Lamb, uh, you know he would slot in at the very top of this group that we have coming out. Now, there is still this situation where when someone has a bad rookie season, it does change how you see them. It does change what their upside is. But we're still looking at someone who has – Compson, the box score scout like Alshon Jeffrey, Jordy Nelson, Kenny Britt, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, uh, A.J. Brown, right? I mean, Harry coming in is essentially A.J. Brown with better numbers. And so when you look at where he is now, it's, uh, it's very tantalizing, I think, to try and load up on him everywhere, especially when you're seeing these slides. Now, when you're talking about price, I think a little bit of it Maybe that the Harry fans out there are looking at each other in these drafts and playing a little bit of chicken trying to see just how late they can get him so we look at this go back to your question then and we say Harry versus the 109 now Curtis mentioned that in a recent startup that he's involved with he got Harry at wide receiver 41 uh, in a recent startup that I'm in uh, I got him at wide receiver 40 and drafted him in the eighth round there before that a handful of picks I had taken LaVisca Chenault, which is someone who you probably are going to be able to get at the 109 especially now with the injury and the slide that he is having so uh, this is a tricky question because the rookie 109 can be a lot of different players and We talked about Jalen Rager on the show recently and how his profile is actually better than the guys going in front of him. And so for me, uh, the, the interesting answer and the answer that may not exactly go to the question, but speaks a little bit, I think, to where we are with some of these players is that I would certainly take Harry over those guys who fit into the after Jerry Judy, but before Jalen Rager range. But I do think that Rager and Chanel offer an interesting upside, uh, offer good profiles as NFL players, and we haven't seen them go out and struggle yet like we did see with Harry last year. We can't completely discount that. And certainly most people are not. Most people are not as enthusiastic as Curtis and I are. And so throwing it back to you there, column do you like the 109 you said that you know it seems very inexpensive to get a guy like harry but are there specific players you would be targeting to try and flip for harry perhaps even interesting rookies here are there specific rookies where you either have them as debbie players or you know you're going to get a shot at them in drafts you have coming up and you might pick them and then flip them for harry
2: I think it'd be more so at this point, uh, you know, in terms of Devy leagues, I, I'm not, I have been in once in the past, I'm in currently in none at the moment, um, so I don't have that option, but if I was looking in terms of, uh, you know, acquiring these guys who have that poor first season, like if you look at Harry, for example, he missed, you know, the majority of the season, you know, he was on injury reserve for the first half of the season, comes back in then, in an offense, which is, renowned for being quite intricate in terms of you know right running concepts and you know a lot of option rights and things like that and we've seen situations last year where somebody like philip dorsett who's been in this offense for a number of years him and tom really clearly not on the same page a number of times and you know obviously as a rookie coming in to try and figure those things out and then missing half that season so he really wasn't used like it, it was almost like a red shirt season now there was times where he did get opportunities and he did look bad but i think there's a number of reasons for that and things uh, could come around but i would be more thinking based on his profile coming in and giving him the benefit of the doubt in year one that things can jump forward here in year two like i would be kind of looking at curtis does mention this to end the article looking at somebody like a dj shark who had that year two bounce and had a significant spike obviously in value over the last 12 months obviously he didn't have the same characteristics really coming in uh to the the draft process like dj Chark in terms of as a rookie versus the situation that we had last year with Inkilari. but i think there's a situation here where we could see him really push up he does have all the tools to be able to do that you, you mentioned some of the comps you know all those guys we talk sometimes about comps and things not working out and the comps not looking good like in terms of a list of comps there's probably not better than uh, you've mentioned there you know in terms of that like uh, the, we've mentioned a number of times on the show about how good the rookie class has actually turned out to be from last year with guys like debo samuel terry McLaurin, uh you know many more aj brown obviously um so i i think there's a situation where he's just kind of the forgotten person now we have seen those rookies come in and really struggle and really fall off a cliff, guys like uh, you know, Kevin White, um, you know, Treadwell, you know, Dotson, guys like that, and it just never materialized for them. Um, I, I think there's still hope there yet for uh, him to him to make that bounce back. So I think if I was given probably I would probably reach up as far as maybe the one oh seven. I think that would be more of a fair range. So I think if you could move Uh, you know the 109 for harry i think that's uh, an opportunity and i think people probably more concerned about his quarterback um, but i think maybe a quarterback with the skill set that harry has having the opportunity to maybe get some uh, opportunities and more contested catches and things like that i think it it could lead to production for him so i'm still willing to to make that investment uh, in 2020
1: Definitely. And like you mentioned with those comps, Alshon, Jeffrey, a second year, big breakout, Jordy Nelson, you know, a third year breakout, Cortland Sutton, we saw the big breakout last year with that first round draft pick, there was a lot of pressure on Harry and a lot of focus on him. But the idea that he would come out as a second year player now and have the breakout, you know, do the contested catches, uh, have more opportunities there whereas quarterback just says, you know, here's the ball, make a play. I think we're going to see more of that. And certainly when you talk about those guys who failed, they didn't come into the NFL with nearly the resume that Harry did. Now, that still doesn't mean that Harry couldn't fail. He, he certainly could. But the upside here compared to the price, I think, is very skewed in favor of owning him. And so I, I would have picked him earlier than I picked him in that draft if I didn't think I could get him later. And so I think you've actually got some buffer in terms of what his actual value is and what his price is right now. So uh, he's another one of those guys I think we want to load off, load up on during this offseason
2: with currently no nba nhl or mlb you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports events and games to wager on or let them bring you to vegas with their online casino and blackjack all open 24 hours a day and all online including their $750,000 poker series and if you're into props and betting entertainment you can get on and get betting on survivor big brother american idol the stock prices or even the weather Visit their website today and receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Once again, that is BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts looking now at a piece up on the site that samuel wallace has done samuel's been doing some great work over the last uh couple of months on the site really enjoying reading into those but he's looking at some below the radar wide receiver signings i always like to, to look at those guys who are maybe uh you know could be quite easily you, you you often mention on the show sean that you go try and make a trade and look at that guy who maybe could just get added into that trade that you're you're really targeting the guy that you want to add in but making the trade happen that way so the three guys uh, that he's mentioned here is Demarcus Robinson up first then Devin Funches so Funches obviously ending up with the Packers uh Robinson not actually moving but staying with Kansas City a lot of people thought that he would be moving along uh then Tajay Sharp um formerly the Titans um is is now uh, at the Minnesota Vikings but the reason for these guys being as interesting as they are I guess you know Sharp the situation with Diggs getting moved out of town uh, up to Buffalo so it makes him potentially a little bit more uh, of a target volume there. Uh, Funch obviously coming into the Packers couple of changes with the Packers we mentioned a couple of weeks ago uh Jimmy Graham no longer in town um you know there's a couple of shakeups in the wide receiver core we talked last year towards the end of the season about how things were working out there and who could be that number one or number two wide receiver behind John Wileson so there's a lot of chances uh in that offense and obviously we're expecting this this Packers team we kind of hinted at it a few times as well to like step forward in year two of this offense uh, so there's a chance there for Devin Funches uh, the final one then is Marcus Robinson I, I was very positive on this signing until then obviously Sammy Watkins was re-signed as well so that shook it up a little bit for me but um, I mentioned last year I think I made a joke at one part of the season asking what team uh, Devin Funches was on at that stage you know things were falling apart pretty uh, quickly. The same thing was happening with Dante Moncrief where things just weren't as, as positive as they could have been and kind of were becoming completely forgotten about. But if there was ever a chance for somebody to kind of revitalize their career, I think this is a chance for Funches. Um I, I was always a fan of Funches from his time in carolina didn't work out for him what the Colts, but he's somebody who who's kind of intriguing um i don't want to get too excited because obviously we were hoping last year myself and yourself that lazard would continue his breakout so i want to let you pick which one you think is uh the one that you know targeting one of those three guys who's the, the best value at their current uh, adp and of course current uh, opportunity
1: well, I think all of these guys raise pretty interesting questions. And it's not always the question just about them. We see a little bit of the domino effect within the depth charts that you've alluded to. So I think start, we'll start with Devin Funches here. Start with your Green Bay Packers. And the question I would have for you. We see Funches, He has five wide receiver one performances in 61 active games in his career because he came into the nfl so young he's still not necessarily an older player but he's now dealing with a situation where he hasn't had a wide receiver one finish since back in week 10 of 2017 we contrast that with alan lazard who had the emergence last season when we have a signing like this especially in an offense where the Packers were expected to try and add something uh, to really shock that wide receiver two spot there across from Devontae Adams, really give them another target. They could still potentially use something at tight end. My question for you would be, is this actually a move that helps Lazard because it makes it a little bit less likely that they'll go for that early wide receiver. They may go for an early tight end end instead that would obviously make them very very young at the tight end position but any any additional p- pieces there at tight end would probably be helpful for them at this point i think that if you have Funches and lazard competing head to head we might actually see lazard have a little bit of an advantage whereas if they use an early pick at wide receiver then that rookie is going to get a chance to shine do you like lazard more after this or are you still really kind of leaning toward Funches?
2: i think that's a a fair kind of estimate you know in terms of what happens in the draft i think if they had taken in a wide receiver high up it would have made me very concerned about lazard i think lazard definitely uh in the second half of last season there's no doubt about it showed a lot more than people were expecting um you know from what after what we had seen from the start of his career um he has shown the ability to be able to do that coming out of college was very highly touted so i think that uh it's more so depth you know if you're looking at something like a situation like i think all nfl teams should really do it, have depth at those positions if you have somebody like if you look at uh, lazard six 220 227 funches six uh 6'4", 225 so there's very very similar bills there it gives you that option in case something does happen it gives you options for matchups if you have three wide receivers on the field at the same time versus those cornerbacks it's unlikely that those cornerbacks will be able to match up and be as physical with those bigger guys and then you have Devontae Adams as well so it makes sense all across the board that way when it comes to which one you want to own um uh, you know from a fantasy perspective I would be going for Lazard first then Funches but I think in terms of value at the moment I think Funches is interesting you mentioned it uh, hasn't had that wide receiver one uh since 2017 if you look throughout his career 2017 was really the year where things stepped up um obviously at that time you would have had uh you know carolina with cam newton was kind of and kelvin Benjamin's shadow stepped out of it at that time in that season he did have uh three seasons or uh, three games sorry with uh wide receiver one numbers but he also had three games with wide receiver two numbers so overall in that season those are six games like it, it was by far his best season it was crazy, and we thought that was going to be the step to a breakout it hasn't happened at all since some some of a true his own play some of a true injury just didn't really work out at all only uh uh you know had very very limited involvement um with the Colts. so i, I think it's clear obviously Devontae Adams is the lead guy but when we talked uh on on the show at the start of the week about the void that was left with Gurley and the opportunity for the running backs behind him you know you're, you're losing Jimmy Graham had no real impact last year so I wouldn't really be too worried about those targets but when you're looking at the targets left behind um you know then across this across this offense I think there's opportunities for both these guys but i i still would be more excited about lazard but compared to three or four weeks ago there's no no doubt that devon Funches has had a big jump in his value hopefully we see something closer to his 2017 production but um he'll be somebody who i would be looking to have some like i have some shares off him i'd be looking to kind of keep those unless there's a, an offer comes in but it could be one of those situations that you know come another three or four weeks this could be in the window to flip him but but hopefully not um i mentioned demarcus robinson as well um and tajay sharp they're guys as well that fit this mold where we could be looking back in six months and saying these guys really had no opportunity i would be probably sent out of them all the guy who has consistently had the most opportunity out of the three of them would be uh, robinson the problem is that that opportunity isn't very consistent and and that's the danger with these guys that are maybe under the radar or lower valued do you think that Robinson has any chance really without injuries to have an impact Uh, whereas we're looking at somebody like Funches I think he can have an impact without injuries do you think somebody like a Robinson can only make that impact with injuries in
1: front of him I don't think it necessarily requires injuries we talked about stills in the show earlier this week and how uh, from a best ball perspective, certainly uh, he could potentially have some value the same true with Robinson. He had that huge game early on and then didn't have as much through the second half of the season, but we could probably chalk that up a little bit to flukiness at the same time. Robinson, isn't a guy who interests people at all in and of himself, right? Robinson's relevance is almost exclusively tied to Nicole Hardman and and whether or not he breaks out. Now, just in the last couple of months, we've had at least three different articles on the site, three different authors, three different angles, talking about how Hardman was going to be a breakout. Hardman was someone you had to get, had to get, had to get. And part of the thesis for this was the potential for Robinson to not be retained and the potential also for Sammy Watkins to to be cut because of the salary implications there. Right. So not only did Robinson not depart, did Watkins not depart, they are both back. And so there are a lot of people now who feel like Hardman's breakout is going to be delayed for a season. I tend to think that that is not the case. Now, it's not going to open up as a much immediate opportunity, but if these guys departed, certainly you would have expected the Chiefs to make a somewhat early pick at wide receiver continue to add to that depth add to that overall team speed that they're just overflowing with and just given the fact that Robinson and Watkins were considered such strong candidates to go elsewhere I think underlines how much opportunity really is still there for Hardman and now we have a better price on him because the opportunity is not quite as clear cut so to Illustrate that a little bit more. Sam has in the piece uh, a really cool image out of the NFL stat explorer where you can see the snap percentage. Robinson played 60% or more of the snaps in every week through week 8 and in all but 2 of those he was above 80%. From that point on, he only played in 60% of the snaps twice more. So, you know, perhaps you're banged up a little bit. You have some different things going on there, but the emergence of different players in some cases here, the return of Tyreek Hill as a healthy player bumping Robinson down there, but he's not somebody who is going out and was taking 70, 80, 90% of the snaps in this offense last year. And certainly we wouldn't expect him to be doing that again this season either. So to put you on the swap column, are you looking at these two moves re-signing Robinson and renegotiating the contract for Watkins does that really knock Hardman out of a 2020 breakout or does it just make his price better uh,
2: well it makes his price better but it also it doesn't knock him out of the breakout but it, it lowers those opportunities you know if, if these two guys had one out of town you're opening up a, a lot of targets that could have went his way so I would I was really more excited when i thought both were going to be out of town when they're both there i still think that like he is a a game changer when it comes to what he can do on the field i don't think either of these two guys can do it um but it definitely dampens expectation um i I think that out of the guys on this offense as well uh, i think McCole hardman at the moment is probably on the you know in terms of wide receivers you're going to have um Tyreek Hill then I think Sammy Watkins would still be slightly ahead of him in the pecking order but I do think that he he will overtake him this year I think when Watkins has been healthy for the Chiefs he's actually been been very good um Watkins issues always been health related but I'm still buying McCall Hardman, uh, especially in Dynasty, whether it's this year or whether it's next year, uh, that that breakout comes. But still still a lot more uh, to come from Hardman. So definitely keep buying those shares up. Uh, you know, I seen a couple of weeks ago, I, I got him on a roster. Uh, to, <laughs> sometimes these are bad to look back on, but it, it was a Uh, an early second round pick for 2020 and then this past week after the news has broke i I got him for kind of a a late mid to late third round in 2020 so there is definitely a decrease in his his expected value and people who were hoping similar to me that you know you would you would have that opportunity i think they probably are a little bit disappointed so it's definitely a time to to put on those offers if, if you still think that hardman's ready to go this year and especially beyond but uh, I, I still have a lot of faith in and mccall hardman H- have you seen that price decrease and is it a case of still buying as many shares as you can get
1: well, uh, that that most recent trade that you mentioned uh, is absolutely crazy. There's no doubt that Hartman has a lot more value than that. I'm still buying. I think that if you buy all the way down here, you will not be disappointed. The number of points, and certainly we wouldn't expect him to have quite the level of efficiency that he has last year. <laughs> Sam has the cool uh, image from the aya app showing that on his 38 targets from patrick mahomes last season that hartman averaged over 15 adjusted yards per attempt uh he won't necessarily get that again but he needs so few targets compared to other wide receivers in order to score points i think that we may be sort of underestimating what his ceiling actually is even with those guys in play so Continue to buy and and don't even necessarily worry so much about the price now. He's a great potential player at this point. I think to do what we talk about all the time, which is to include him as the second player in a trade, maybe a two for one, in which you're giving up um, a slightly better player going away, but maybe one where you feel like he's a little bit overvalued. You want to get that value for him you get a similar player plus Hardman back based on what you're giving me there. Uh, That's a very viable uh, way to go about loading up on Hardman. Um, And then just that quick mention on Sharp, since he has been a road of his guy, he was one of John Moore's favorites uh, way back in the day. I think this is a good signing for the Vikings. I don't necessarily think that he's going to be a fantasy force, but it may cover over that opportunity a little bit may make it a little bit trickier for whomever they add as the rookie wide receiver in that number two spot might knock down uh, Adam Thielen just a tiny bit and certainly I think still provides that opportunity for Irv Smith a guy that we have really been promoting on the show to have that breakout uh, we see more news just within the last week that Smith is someone they expect to take a big step. So if you don't have him and you can pry him away from his owner, uh, he would be someone else to really target there.
2: Yeah, I agree there. And I do think that, you know, you kind of hinted at it there. I think there's no doubt this team uh, in the Vikings, that is, is going to take in a wide receiver in the draft. Like, if you look, it's it's Adam Thielen. uh, Then they have Alexander Hollins, Tajay Sharp, and Bicey Johnson as their, you know, depth chart at wide receiver at the moment. So I do definitely think that that is coming. I think it'll probably be somebody who's taken with a reasonably high... Uh, draft pick as well probably you know I'd be surprised if it's outside of the first three rounds where they get a wide receiver so there is definitely a chance for Tajay Sharp to to have an impact but um, you know it could could be a limited impact we'll we'll see what happens Uh, they just uh, since his, his rookie year was the best year of his career and it just hasn't been uh, we kind of thought there was an upward trajectory unfortunately it hasn't all come about from but who knows uh, what happens this year in minnesota but that, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show hopefully you've enjoyed it as always we mentioned at the start of the week we had a, had the other show um lots of good talk in that as well looking about some uh, rookie running backs who could potentially be the next Aaron jones um, a really fun show so head on back listen to that if you haven't already my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime ireland as always Follow all of Sean's great work up on the Rotoviz website. And until we're back with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotoVizradio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at his Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz for 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.